I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to r slash entitled parents, the movie Attack of the Karens. This two hour special includes stories of some of the most vicious entitled parents that I've come across. So without further ado, sit back, relax if you can, and let's get into this. Change your name. The name Jesus, pronounced Jesus, is a fairly common name in the Spanish speaking community. Yes, it is spelled as Jesus, our Lord and Savior, but pronounced differently. This is also how Jesus is pronounced in Spanish. I'm a shift supervisor for a retail drugstore chain. At the store, we had an employee named Jesus. At the top of the receipts, there was a little phrase that said, Hi, my name is name. Thank you for letting me serve you today. One day, a woman who we'll call Karen storms in after her purchase, yelling about how dare we insult our Lord and Savior. First, we're all a little puzzled, Then we realize Jesus is at the register. We try to explain that Jesus is a very common name in the Spanish community. Although it's spelled the same as Jesus, it's pronounced Jesus. I'm a devout Christian. I will not take this insult, said the Karen. Mom, that is his name. The name he was given at birth. He can't just change it. Yes, you can, and you will. I will not take this insult to the man who died for our sins. Mom, his name is Jesus, not Jesus. And this is a common name in the Spanish community. I've never felt so insulted. I am never shopping here again. Then she storms out. The funny part is there is a pretty high Mexican population in this area. I'd be surprised if this is the first Jesus she had come across. Look, guys, I don't know the stats on this, but surely Jesus is one of the most common names in the world, right? You know what? I'm looking it up. Most common names in the world. Here we go. Let me get a cheeky list up. All right. So according to this list, it is the 106th most common name in the entire world. So that's not just English names. That is every name ever. That's pretty high. For example, in the top 10, there are four different iterations of the name Muhammad. 106th is high let's just see where i am on this so jack which is a common name 778 you see the difference there jesus is clearly a very common name especially given that this story takes place in an area with a very high mexican population surely this woman would have met someone called jesus before what entitled butthole got his dog killed by allowing it into a horse paddock This happened a few years ago when I was often horse riding at a friend's barn. She owned six horses, four ponies and two Hanoverian horses. Her neighbor had three dogs who had no training whatsoever and he often let them run into the horse's paddock to not have to walk them despite the warnings of my friend. The bigger dog finally started to chase the ponies, nipping their heels to make them run, while the other two ran among them, yapping and growling. My friend would go and drag the dog out of the paddock, and again, warned her neighbor to keep his dog out of her property, because if it ever tried that with the male Hanoverian, the dog would be history. But the guy just laughed at her. He knew that my friend had tried to report him, and that didn't work, so he felt entitled to use her property as a dog toilet and her horses as dog entertainment, 
and even hinted at that Finally, it got so bad that the ponies became so nervous. They couldn't be taken for a ride anymore They were too afraid of the dog and she warned the man one last time to keep the dogs out of her paddock Since now she'd be putting the horses with the ponies so that the male horse would protect them But he just laughed again. He seriously believed his 40 kilogram shepherd mix was a match for her 700 kg gelding just because it was a hunter and the horses were prey So what you might guess happened happened The dog again tried to chase the ponies attacking their legs and it didn't back off when the hanoverian tried to fend it off gently When the bigger dog growled at the horse and tried to nip the horse's legs He kicked it and broke its back. Then he ran it over The dog was of course dead after that but the gelding had just protected its herd The neighbor then tried to report my friend to the police and animal control but got rebuffed They clearly told him his dogs had nothing to do on other people's property And it was his responsibility to keep them out of it At least his other dogs never came back into the paddock They were very afraid of the horses obviously after their friend was killed and they got a few nips from the horse too All right, you lot know that the majority of stories that I read from subreddits like this and to be honest on the entirety of reddit Are pretty funny. The whole point is that you just laugh at dumb people right doing dumb things Things, and it makes you feel better about yourself because you would never do something that dumb stories like this though are just sad An innocent dog has had to die because of a stupid Karen like this is literally animal cruelty The dog has done nothing wrong. Obviously. It's just being a dog, right? You can't blame it for one second this idiotic neighbor though. Wow. I mean, it's just ridiculous It's so sad a dog had to die because of a stupid owner. That's that's not even being enticed at that point Is it that's just cruel? I'll take legal action to enforce my grandparental rights This took place years ago and I figured maybe I should share for posterity's sake or something My biological incubator is a very special woman so special that I haven't spoken to her in nearly a decade Many details in this story have been left intentionally vague as I really don't feel like inviting this back into my life And I don't need people familiar with the story catching on to start my parents divorced when I was seven It destroyed my world and worldview and took decades for me to come to terms with This was largely compounded by the fact that my mother spent my entire childhood telling me and my siblings what a terrible unsupportive jerk my father was We spent weekdays with her and weekends with him while my mother had a revolving door of douchebag boyfriends And we hopped house to house while I was growing up She constantly told us my father never paid child support abused her was never there, etc It wasn't until I was much older that I realized how full of trash my progenitor was And even then I never really registered that until I got a brain and took a stand against her Turns out most of my childhood and young adulthood was a lie The lavish vacations we took we once spent a week on the beach in maui where me and my four siblings got to each bring a friend That must have cost a fortune Ridiculous christmas where every child their spouse and every grandchild had 20 plus gifts Endless home remodeling projects. The list goes on practically forever All of this was apparently financed by someone else and not necessarily because they wanted to seriously she had forged my dad's signature and spent about 200,000 in his name before I was 18. God only knows where the rest of it came from. At some point, my father had taken her to court and she'd been charged with fraud. Now, I'm not quite sure how she avoided prison time, but apparently it's something to do with my father's generosity and not wanting his children to lose their mother. He's rather noble like that. Anyway, I got older and eventually found an amazing woman to balance out my special brand of stupid. 
had a couple of kids and built a life I stayed very close to my mother throughout my 20s and 30s still blind to the shenanigans she was up to when i say close i mean my wife and i lived with her and my stepfather for over a year while we saved up to buy our own house we loaned the money when they hit hard times and needed help making ends meet i bailed her boyfriend whom she cheated with prior to divorcing my stepfather out of jail while she was in hysterics even going so far as to put my own house up as collateral they lived in our house for a few months after losing the house they were going to buy before he went off to prison and she moved out of state to care for her parents i was in deep too blind to see what a narcissist she really was guess i was just a mama's boy somewhere in 2008 in the middle of all of this i went into business with my mum. she had skills i needed i had a dream that could potentially make a bunch of money a contract was signed i went to work producing the product the contract stipulated she did well whatever she does with her time needless to say this didn't end well whoever said never go into business with family freaking genius as time went on she wanted more and more work from me things started to go sour i already working a full-time job at night and rarely ever see my wife and children already was doing my best to accommodate and not rock the boats she and her convict boyfriend who currently owes millions in restitution to the state for fraud had suggested multiple changes to our existing contract that they claimed would be better for me in the short term which i accepted upon realizing it was actually worse for them they declined their own offer many red flags and unfulfilled promises followed including my mum designating her felon boyfriend as my account manager despite conversations and promises that i'd never work for him and he would never have any decision-making authority in our business my wife and i had many discussions with them over the months expressing our displeasure over them not fulfilling their end of the contract wasting funds etc it all came to a head when she wanted me to sign a new contract for another project i'd started the project as a release valve for stress and a moment of passionate inspiration now they wanted to pile it onto the contract i already had i genuinely considered it then one day while talking on the phone with her about said new project i overhear a conversation between my wife and young son it went verbatim because even a decade later this moment still haunts me mom will you play with me i can't right now honey why don't you go and ask your dad he's too busy working he never has time to play with me this broke my soul the sadness in his voice no one but me knows it but i cried right there standing on the stairs talking business on the phone with my mum. i knew that this was not going to work i told my mum no while a weight was lifted from my shoulders that day a trash storm was definitely brewing simple things that we've been able to work through before suddenly became major breaches of contracts Requests for accommodation on deadlines were suddenly totally unreasonable. Attempts to renegotiate were met by a brick wall. The final straw was when they demanded work on a project to be completed within 30 days, with significant reworking, despite having been in possession of the draft for months upon months. They could have given me more of a heads up. I was being set up to fail. So I did what I felt like had to be done. I quit. I'd hoped to sever the business relationship and maybe salvage the personal one, but oh, was I naive. Things got ugly between us. Her demanding that I do what she wanted, me adamantly refusing without a serious re-evaluation of our work relationship, accusations of breach of contracts, etc. To be fair, when I quit, they were left holding the bag. 
I feel justified. They feel differently. Ultimately, I had to walk away completely. I dropped everything and said I was done. No mas, finito. This, of course, went over like a turd in a punch bowl. It was nearly the holiday season, and we had a large family party scheduled for early December. We were barely even on speaking terms at this point, and not wanting things to be awkward with the family, I sent a long email to my mum explaining that myself, my wife, and my children would not be attending. I asked if she'd like to tell my brothers and sisters or if she would like me to she responded by sending an extensive email to the whole family about what a terrible ungrateful disrespectful child i was and that she didn't want us around if that's how we were going to be not cool i responded with a simple one sentence reply we of all people deserve that we didn't go to the party my brothers and sisters put some distance between us After all, they're still riding mum's ill-gotten gravy train. On December 22nd, three days before Christmas, I get a notice from the post office that there's a certified letter that I need to sign for. Okay, no problem. I pick up the letter, get home and open it. It's a cease and desist order from none other than my dear old mother. I've got to say, out of everything, this hurt more than most. I was being told that I was illegally displaying artwork on my website. Not true, of course. I had written permission from them. And that if I didn't remove it within 30 days, they would sue me for damages. Damages to promote my work that directly benefits you. Where I had your explicit written permission on freaking Christmas, you goddamn female dog. I removed it that day. I took down the whole website and replaced it with a black background and one single quote. You there, Effialtes. May you live forever. Now I was well and truly done. I cut ties completely. No contact at all. I got an official notification that they may sue me for breach of contract and associated damages about a month later. I said nothing. Fast forward a year or so. I get a little petty revenge when she emails me asking for my address and social security number in order to send me a 1099 MISC for tax purposes. I nonchalantly reply that her lawyer should have my address on file, but just in case, here it is. Also, my social security number hasn't changed in 36 years, but just in case, here it is. The last contact I had with her was in May 2018. She invited my children to travel with one of my siblings on a two-week vacation, without their parents, of course, on the other side of the country. Of course, I ignored it. A couple of weeks later, my sister asked me about it. To which I replied that my children would not be going anywhere without their parents and we weren't going anywhere near my mother. I got a really good chuckle out of the email I received from mum about a week later, threatening to exercise her legal right to her grandchildren if necessary. Seriously, lady, the only rights you have when it comes to my children are the ones I give you. It's been nine years and I haven't spoken a word to her. She ended up losing everything she inherited from her parents and moved in with my sister who lives about two miles away She's still attached to her felon boyfriend now husband apparently with no job no money and no prospects She's been borrowing money from my siblings unbeknownst to each other Of course in order to pay for more lavish vacations for the grandkids I did get a call from a debt collector looking for her about a month ago At the time, I explained that I haven't talked to her in forever. Maybe I'll give them a call and see if they're interested in knowing where she lives now. My word, what a great story. Yeah, that line, exercising my grandparental rights, is is, it really is mental, isn't it? I mean, come on, your grandparental rights that definitely do exist. You absolute idiot. That's not a thing anywhere, is it? Ugh. 
so odd i just don't understand like what the point is of of her life is it to try and make herself look good to all her children and grandchildren by spending loads of money on them that she doesn't have for them ultimately to realize like op has finally done that oh that isn't her money oh she's actually a narcissistic horrible person and then what the whole illusion just comes crumbling down like i don't get the long-term plan here you look good in the short term and maybe for their childhood then when they grow a brain and some common sense they realize that how is this actually happening let me think about this for one second oh wait she's a fraud what's the point how about just be normal and genuine and your family might actually like you mental i know you know the people i feel bad for by the way are op siblings who are still unaware of how ridiculous and just completely untruthful their own mother is to be fair i was saying that eventually they'll find out maybe these guys won't maybe they're too dumb to realize that their mum is putting the wool over their eyes well if they are too dumb then yeah they deserve to be conned hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My parents robbed me of my childhood and teenage. I'm 20. Growing up, I never got to spend my summer mornings outside playing with my friends. I had to study, stay up to date with extracurriculars and write pages to improve my handwriting to be allowed just an hour outside in the evening. While all my friends were having fun, I was inside crying with a pencil in my hand. All my extracurriculars were picked by my father and they were all activities he found interesting. I was never once asked what I actually wanted to do. I never got to do sleepovers except with my cousin just because my parents didn't want me to. I was to constantly study and get good grades and if i slacked off even just a bit i was beaten with belts and shoes and household objects my father even spat in my drink once and made me drink it to humiliate me for disobeying him books were my only escape and so i'd often get engrossed in them but my father didn't even let me have this one thing he humiliated me for having this insignificant hobby he hid my books and at one point even threw some away Then came my teenage years and it only worsened things. The loneliness I was feeling in my childhood intensified. I was rarely allowed to go outside with my friends and on the occasion that I was, I'd be bombarded with a million calls and messages so I couldn't even enjoy it. Dating was off limits because my parents didn't want me to date. My cell phone was occasionally checked and I was slapped for using curse words like the F word. I was 16 when that happened not a child i wasn't allowed to go to any parties and i never went to a prom hobbies that i actually wanted to cultivate i was insulted for and ridiculed to the point that i lost interest in them i'd always wanted to be a writer but now i can barely motivate myself to type a single word i've lost my passion and now i'm 20 on the verge of moving out soon in less than a year i've lost 20 years of my life that's 20 years i'll never get back 20 years i'll never get to experience and live again my childhood and teenage is gone and it's never coming back and when i bring this up to my mother she says that i'm holding the past against them and harboring a grudge the funny thing is they're the same people now that they were when they did those awful things to me they haven't changed in the least my father to this day maintains that his beatings were justified because they were for my own good 
my mother defends his actions by saying he meant no harm But I see no good that came out of it and i'm still hurting from it I lost 20 years of my life to my parents who were essentially my jailers a quarter of my life is gone What did I gain from all of this except a lifetime of baggage and mum? If these were supposed to be the best days of my life, I really don't want to see what's in store for me ahead. Honestly, what is up with your parents? Like there's being strict and then there's this. Literally controlling every single facet of your life. How would this ever benefit your child? I just don't understand it. Yeah, obviously, get good grades, work hard, etc, etc. But not letting them go outside and play with their friends? How is that ever gonna benefit your kid? Like, I don't understand. How can a parent justify their actions when your own child says, after 20 years of living, that I haven't lived for 20 years? That says it all, doesn't it, really? What the heck? It's a good thing you're moving out and hopefully you can just start your life and try and move on from that first 20 years mental puppy school trainer lectured me for two hours for spaying my papa guys if you didn't know spaying is when you remove the ovaries from a female dog when i adopted my first ever puppy i assigned us to behaving classes to a nearby doggy school the course was for basic manners for puppies and we started right away one hour a week It was for any untrained dog, mostly puppies, but there were some older dogs too. From day one, the nicer of the two trainers told us that with small puppies, the training must be a short-timed game. Not serious training, and they shouldn't be scolded. My puppy had some bad habits, like jumping to hug humans. The nicer trainer gave me lots of advice, but my puppy just loved humans so much, she got overwhelmed, and time and time again, jumped to meet everybody when socializing within the first three months the nicer trainer was there less and less i later heard she lost her dog and took some leave from training puppies the not so nice one took the lead of the course and that is when our progress started to slow down this trainer didn't have enough patience with us and soon told me to yell and scold my puppy for every mistake Now, my mental health had unknowingly been bad for many years now, and yelling to my puppy made me stressed and more anxious than I'd ever been. I started getting frustrated with myself and my puppy. I felt like a failure, and I took this trainer's advice as the only truth. Then came the day that my vet said it's the best time to spay. My girl was six months old now, and spaying now would mean all the hormonal problems at an older age would be gone. No risk for infected uterus, no breast cancer, you get the points. Now, I'd never wanted to breed dogs, so this was my personal choice for her health. I asked to talk to the trainer after class and told her that we'd be missing a few weeks from now. She started talking friendly, but when she asked the reason and I told her, she lost it. Guys, I listened for two hours to a lecture about how people shouldn't get purebreds for slashing and operating them. I had a beautiful girl who should definitely make puppies, and I was just an ignorant, stupid brat. I was 26 years old who didn't know my dog's value. I tried to speak, but she didn't let me. After two hours of this, I finally got to defend myself. My dog carries two defect genes, both lethal to puppies if gotten from both parents. I discussed with the breeder before getting a pup about wanting a family dog with no obligations, but having had before a hunting dog killing a few of my pet bunnies, I wanted a purebred herder with as little hunting instinct as possible. That is why she trusted me with a defect puppy to give her the best life without breeding her nor giving her away with the risk of pregnancy. This breed is gene tested regularly and my pup has the defects, even though her sisters don't. She's not qualified to continue her lineage. She's a healthy carrier, the genes are sleeping, she's not gonna get sick in her lifetime. So after explaining all this, the trainer still scolded me. I should have been fine with a mixed breed dog in her opinion. 
I honestly just stopped going to classes after that. At least nobody would force me to yell and scold a six-month-old pup. We started instead agility classes and had my nearly adult niece as a teacher. My dog loved it and so did my niece. My dog still jumps for hugs when happy. I just gently tell her to get down. She's 17 kilograms, turning eight years old in the next month, cancer-free, no hormonal diseases, happy doggo. The not-so-nice trainer had to neuter her two purebreds for hormonal problems. The choices were to neuter them or put them down. Perhaps she's now learned to appreciate medical reasons to spay and neuter purebreds. People, listen to your vets. They think more of your pet's well-being than you. And if someone tells you to scold and yell at your less than six-month-old puppy, ask advice from someone else. Guys, if you're interested, the diseases in question are POMP and Osteogenesis Imperfecta, OI. If she'd had accidental offspring with another carrier, those puppies would suffer and die either right after birth from fractured bones or before turning two years old with muscle and heart failure. These diseases are tested and carriers are kept from breeding. I think this is a very strong reason to spay. Now look, usually I would say, just like a vet, that a trainer would probably know better than an owner of a dog, especially if they're a new owner. Like if it's someone's job to work with dogs in the same way that it's a vet's job to work with animals, then I would normally trust their professional opinion. But in this instance, it's so clear that this trainer's just got no idea, right? They're just heartless. Like the fact that they had to put down two of their own dogs just shows how ridiculous they are. It's actually mental. I mean, a two-hour lecture of just incorrect information is just ridiculous. Yeah, listen to your vet, but also like the fact that a trainer, someone that you have to respect and you hold in a high regard because it's their position, you know, it's their professional position to train your dog, is giving you such false information is insane. Entitled Family's prank goes horribly wrong. I've always liked on this sub, wondering whether I'd ever get a good story to tell her. But recently I realized I already have one. Well, this is more of a story from my dad's perspective. He's a Welshman, born in the most southern part of Wales. His family, parents, sister, brother, took advantage of him a lot. They used him to repair things, chauffeur them around, and pulled inappropriate pranks on him, etc. Other than work and driving, he hated leaving the house. Except one day, one of their pranks did an uno reverse on them. They knew an English girl was looking for someone to help fix her stereo. Clichéd as it might be, my dad's family tried to set her up with him under the guise of repairing the stereo. See, their opinion of my dad wasn't that great, and they thought she would leave him as she got to know him. Unfortunately for them, the pair really started to bond and eventually started seeing each other. His family was outraged that he'd started dating an English woman. They expected him to get together with a Welsh woman. Not only that, she was helping my dad to stop getting taken advantage of more and more, and they hated that. His dad was horrid to her, and he performed very inappropriate pranks on her. One of which was technically a certain type of assault. His favorite prank was to fart in people's faces. When they were expecting, his dad was dead set on getting a grandson. It was a girl. Even the next time they were pregnant, he was sure he'd get a grandson to carry on the family name. Another girl, me. My granddad then came up with the genius idea that he'd pretend me and my sister were boys. Every birthday, every Christmas, we always got very boyish toys from him. Eventually, my dad's family's leeching attempts and their dislike towards my mum got so problematic, we had to move to England, where we've been living ever since. And every year, we get a recycled Christmas and birthday card trying to convince us to contact them so they can begin their leeching cycle again. 
We have a great time finding ways of destroying their cards when we receive them I'm just thankful my parents managed to keep me and my sister far away from that family before they started targeting us too Okay, this episode for whatever reason is full of I don't even know if they're entitled just very odd people like sure you can rather have a grandson than a granddaughter that's fine i see many people out there are like that and vice versa but surely when you actually have your grandchild and they are a daughter you just accept that you're like oh it's great anyway who cares you don't then just pretend they're a boy like, is that entitled no it's just really weird i mean the farting in people's faces things as well like do that when you're about two and then you get a bit you know sick of it and you realize it's pretty disgusting yeah maybe you do it once in a while but then you realize oh it's actually quite disgusting and and why would you do it to your own family member like multiple times bit of a weird man that's all i'll say entitled mum lets her child run around the supermarkets and learns the hard way that he is allergic to peanuts this happened four or five years ago in a supermarket in my neighborhood this entitled mum did not have the typical karen haircut or blonde hair unfortunately so I was in the line for the cashier and could easily see the entrance and most of the aisles from where I was standing. It was a small supermarket. This woman and her five or six-year-old child enter, grab a basket, and she lets her child go and roam the supermarkets. The kid was running around the aisles looking at products and obviously giving the employees a hard time. I was still waiting in line when the kid starts coughing crying and eventually puking loudly in the aisle behind me there was an employee kneeling near him a yellow pack of m m's which are chocolate coated peanuts on the floor his mother rushed towards her kid holding her basket i observed that the kid's face was red swollen and sweaty it was obvious that the kid was either allergic to peanuts or chocolates the entitled mum shouted at the nearby employee what the heck are you doing mom you poisoned my son no he came here and ate some candy i heard him puke so you sell poisoned candy at this point the karen was not even looking at her son and the kid was just coughing and crying the employees appeared to be more concerned for the boy than the mum herself they gave him some water and asked him to cough out the candy surprisingly nobody was filming this on their phones and since i knew most of the people there i chose not to pull out my phone either Mom, your son might be allergic to peanuts, said the employee. The kid had gone ahead and eaten one of the M&Ms. I'm calling the cops for this. She didn't even consider calling the manager or asking for a first aid kit or something. She just straight called the cops. She then proceeded to grab her kid, take her basket and head out of the store without billing her items. By then, the manager had come out and stopped the entitled mum before she reached the exits and asked her to wait for the cops. The Karen freaked out claiming that she was being harassed by the manager and that they should have known that her child might be allergic to peanuts and started asking them why they stock peanuts in the first place. The manager just stood there patiently until the cops arrived. The manager just wanted to hear what the entitled mum had to say to the cops and eventually told the cops when they arrived that the entitled mum had really tried to shoplift. The manager's claims were more believable than the Karen's, but the cops didn't arrest her or anything, nor did they fine her. They just let her off the hook. The kid was doing okay, although there was a fresh puddle of puke next to him. The Karen didn't get her groceries that day, and she was banned from the supermarkets. She threw another tantrum over this, and I just got all my groceries and left. Wow, peak logic from the Karen there. Why does a supermarket stock peanuts? I personally have no idea. If you know, drop a comment.
let me know as for the police letting her off it seems fair enough like she was kind of in a bit of a weird state there shoplifting nah, not really i know she didn't bill her items up but she was probably quite concerned about her kid so a good thing to let her off there what is more weird though is the fact that she was screaming first at the employees and then threatening to call the police rather than dealing with her son who was clearly having an allergic reaction that is what's odd i mean thankfully the child didn't have an even more serious reaction because i think you can die from from peanut allergies can't you sometimes it's extremely serious so uh yeah puking i know it's bad but it's not the worst thing that could have happened it's weird that she doesn't know that her child is allergic to peanuts at the age of five or six do you not normally test your children i don't know maybe you don't i don't know i don't have one so let me know again in the comments if you do know that but hey at least in some sort of positive way she found out and now the kid won't eat peanuts again or maybe he will i don't know this mum seems very very ridiculous entitled og karen sues my parents for one million dollars This tale harkens back to the early to mid 90s, spanning two years or so. I was six to eight years old, so details aren't fully known, but the story gets told by my parents every so often. When I was six, we were in my dad's car coming home from work and daycare. My brother was 10 and a half. We were in the back seat of a two door Mazda. We were fighting in the back seat while my dad was stopped at a red light. He turned around to swap both of us, again, early 90s, to make us stop. In doing so, his foot slipped off the brake and we rolled forward into the car in front of us. My dad says my brother asked if we hit something. Both cars pulled off into the shopping center and this lady goes into full-on hysterics in her car, demanding an ambulance. And when the paramedics arrived, she insisted she needed a neck brace and backboard. My dad saw the writing on the wall and stayed behind to make sure the police got his full side of the story right then. And then the first thing he did after telling my mum was call the insurance company to tell them what happened. They had people out the next day to take pictures of the car and take my dad's statements. Sure enough, not long later comes the lawsuit. One million dollars for crippling this woman for life. Thus began a roughly two year long battle with lawyers over that stupid fender bender I know it took a long time and that my dad often ranted about how she rejected the first settlement offer of $30,000 and then later the second of $50,000 because she was a greedy lying female dog and wanted a full court hearing By the time we got to court my parents had separated But since they were married at the time they were both on the hook for the money if they lost I was too young to go to the hearing and was promised it would be long and boring anyway So I had to stay at daycare. My brother got to go though It was long and boring right until karen herself got up on the witness stand to give her version of the wreck First off she used a walker and wore a neck brace to get to the stand And then to sum it up, she was innocently waiting at the red light when she checked her rearview mirror and saw a great big white truck barreling towards her. And she just knew there was no way it would stop in time. So all she could do was brace for impact and pray. My parents perked up at that, as did their lawyers. They got out a set of pictures of a blue two-door Mazda and showed them to the woman asking if she recognized the car in the photographs. She said no. The lawyers showed the photographs to the judge and jury and explained that this was the car that struck Karen. Pictures were taken within 24 hours of the accident. According to my parents, the jury did a spit take. But these were two adults who were gloating, so take it with a grain of salt. When the dust settled, not only did Karen not get her million dollars, 
but she also ended up having to pay the attorney fees lost wages and daycare costs incurred as a result of the lawsuits and that was how we got a free trip to disney it's actually unbelievable that people like this karen pull off these stupid stunts or at least try to to try and make money from other people like imagine how much that would have crippled op's parents one million dollars i assume there was no cctv or cameras or witnesses etc etc so how do you actually prove that this karen wasn't reasonable in suing for a mill i don't know if health insurance or something would have got involved or maybe a hospital but ah uh, it's just a weird one isn't it why do this the fact that op's family were willing to offer you fifty thousand dollars as well and insane high amount of money for something that didn't happen it's crazy and it just shows how stupid this woman is because she didn't take it and ended up losing loads of money you are an idiot congratulations entitled school board and entitled superintendent and entitled principal all cancelled our day off because they want more money so if you think the title is crazy wait till you get to the actual story all right this entire week it was being advertised that we got a four-day weekend We'd get Friday and Monday off because of Easter. Well, it turns out that lots of the students at my school were failing, like 56% of the entire school. And the school board was getting blamed. And they blamed the superintendent, and she blamed the principal, and he blamed the teachers, and they blamed the students who blamed everybody. A lot of blaming going on there. Now, that would not do. They would not lose their streak of high scores. The streak was getting like 75% and over or something. Or their bonuses. So... What do they do? Cancel our Friday. So now the entirety of tomorrow, that is last Friday at the time of recording, is filled with tests. Yes, tests, plural, because it wouldn't stand for them to have tests for the failing students in their bad classes. Oh, no, no, no. Now everybody has to do tests in every subject, whether they're failing or not. And yes, don't forget the plural. So now we have to do around three tests in every class. And if we don't get them done during the class, we have to take them home and finish them there. And if you forget, you get a detention every day until you finish them. And you can't even work on them in detention. Beat me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life here. So now a lot of students are talking about purposely failing the tests. All of them. Don't worry, only, well, most of the people who are already passing are going to purposely fail. So, for now, I'm just eating lunch, waiting for the fire. I'll update what happened tomorrow. Okay, small update. Hello, I just thought I'd give a small update answering some of the questions in the comments and give a tiny bit more info. So, first of all, for all of you telling me that I should skip, seems like a pretty reasonable suggestion to me, my parents don't really want me to. They think I should go to school tomorrow. And when I tried to explain all the tests, my dad interrupted me and said to not lie to him about anything. Also, I asked them both at separate times. Normally, mum would have sided with me and listened to what I said. But a lot of students are skipping tomorrow. Unfortunately, the school board marked these as mandatory tests, so they'll still have to do it come Tuesday. But hey, at least then they can still get their weekends and get to keep their plans, right? And one last thing before I go. Around a quarter of the teachers don't agree with the school board. So tomorrow, they're letting us do like one test and then they're giving us the answers to the others while going through them. So that way, we'll still learn something, but it's easier on us. Now, I'm not entirely sure, guys, where this story happened, whether it's in America, the UK or somewhere else. But all I can say is based on my knowledge of UK rules, in the UK, legally, you're not even allowed to go to school on, on Good Friday, which is the Friday before Easter. Like, that's a bank holiday. Nobody works. I don't think you're legally allowed allowed to work on that day okay well i've just looked it up and i'm wrong uh, whether you have to work is entirely up to your employer and the contract you agreed with them in the uk 
didn't know that fair enough nonetheless this is school right whenever i went to school which i did by the way i know that's debatable but i did friday good friday was always a holiday bank holidays were always holidays now i don't know what it is in the us i know you have good friday i think i don't know if you've got bank holidays but you have like national holidays right let me know in the comments you don't go to school on a national holiday this friday at least in the uk is a national holiday it's a disgrace that you're being forced to go to school that just wouldn't happen here like i've never heard of that before has that ever happened to you let me know it's ridiculous and um yeah your school seems very very poor that's what i'll say now as for the students of this school i think it's imperative that every single one of them skips i'm sorry i wouldn't normally advocate that but it's good friday and you're being forced to go to school that is ridiculous you all have to skip so that the people at the top can learn their lesson now this obviously happened last week on easter weekend so i don't know what actually happened op only gave that small update i just hope that you didn't end up going to school and doing the test because it's a disgrace it really is if you don't all skip and nobody learns their lesson please i hope they did it speaking of easter let's move on to our next entitled people story easter entitlements it's that time of year again when i find myself remembering a bit of entitlement that i encountered near easter and it was all over a simple yet delicious cake some years ago my family went to a church that had an easter bake sale every year the saturday before easter they'd make cakes in the shape of bunnies lambs bibles crosses etc as well as other easter treats there were some talented bakers in this church so these cakes always looked and tasted wonderful every year we go to the sale early to get a cake and a large chocolate peanut butter egg it was a tradition one year things were a bit more hectic for my family Mum had to go to the office on that saturday for a few hours so we couldn't go to the sale early my uncle and his family were also coming to our house on sunday to share easter dinner with us Mum had a meal planned but she wasn't sure if she had much time to make a decent dessert good fortune seemed to smile on us when it was announced in church we could pre-order and prepay for any cakes and treats we wanted that year after the service we sought out b who was in charge of the bake sale and ordered a lamb cake and a chocolate peanut butter egg as we paid Mum and i told b about my uncle coming to dinner and how much we wanted the cake Mum explained she had to work a few hours and asked how long the bake sale would be set up b said they'd be there until at least 2 or 3 p.m Mum said we'd probably be there around noon and b said that would be fine we called my uncle and told him about the cake he seemed excited to try one of the cakes we bragged about so much in the past saturday rolled around and Mum went to the office i went with her and she actually got done a bit earlier than expected we headed out and actually arrived at the bake sale at a quarter to 12 but no one was there the table was still set up and we could see where the bake sale had been but there was no sign of anyone from our church Mum called b who was already back home at this point b said that they'd sold everything and the kids the church youth group had wanted to go back home Mum asked about our cake b said they'd sold everything else the kids were tired so they just sold it upset Mum reminded b we pay for the cake already but b just reiterated the kids had wanted to go home she seemed to think that we should understand what made the situation worse was that b was our neighbor and i mean literally we shared a property line she had to use our driveway when hers was blocked sort of neighbor it would have been easy for her to drop the cake at our house or for us to pick it up at hers 
but instead she just sold it after taking our money Mum was understandably upset and called a friend of hers who also went to the same church She mostly just wanted to vent but her friend told her to wait a minute Her friend made calls to the other people in the church and soon called us back to tell us another cake was being made for us Later that evening, we met up with another lady from church who gave us a cake Dinner the next day went perfectly fine and my uncle never knew about the whole fiasco B never apologized nor did she ever seem to understand what she did wrong I never did get my chocolate peanut egg Okay, well, uh, let's not beat around the bloody bush here. What B's done here is just stealing. It's as simple as that guys I couldn't put it any simpler if I tried she's taking your money for an object that you've bought and you haven't received the object now say that happened with amazon or you know another company you'd be suing them if you didn't get the refund you'd be suing them so what i say to you is either go around to b's gaff and uh smash it up or sue her it's just weird isn't it that she's your neighbor like you literally share a property line as you said you could peer over her garden fence and look at the cash in her hand that she's taken from you it's incredible it really is or you could look at her new extension and think you know what some of my money has gone towards that and i didn't even get rewarded for it that's a joke uh yeah a strange uh, interaction especially given that you know each other very well and that she doesn't realize what she's done wrong yeah last time i checked stealing was immoral and illegal weird B is a weird lady. My sister hides behind mental illness excuses to not have to do anything with her life and treats everyone in the house like trash. My older half-sister, dad's side, who is 22, soon to be 23, came to live with us in December. She claims to have severe depression and anxiety that she refuses to seek therapy for. She doesn't work. She doesn't clean after herself. She only leaves her room on the weekends to go out and party or go to concerts. During the week, she's in her room all day and only comes out in the evening to scream or swear at me and my mum and start stupid arguments and tension between everyone. She was prescribed Zoloft by a psychiatrist last month and only gave it a week to work. I caught her dumping the pills in the toilet and she told me to keep my mouth shut. When my mum questioned her on the empty pill bottle, she told her to F off and mind her own business. She stopped going to therapy last month because she thinks it's a waste of time. My dad deep cleaned her room last weekend because it was so bad. The smell of rancid cat litter was wafting downstairs and it looked like a war zone. My dad said there were moldy cups, rotting food, stinky, dirty clothes everywhere, cat poop and puke all over the carpet. The litter box looked like it was never scooped. She sat on her phone and cried to him about how horrible her life was and how mean my mum is while he cleaned her room it took him a few hours she always cries to my dad about how mean my mum is anytime my mum calls her out on her behavior she is very manipulative and uses guilt trips on my dad a lot especially whenever my mum points out my sister's behavior to him or whenever he tries to point out that she's in the wrong then comes the waterworks guilt trip and anger from my sister you don't care about me because if you did or and you wonder why i never leave my room and you wonder why i give you an attitude all the time my mum thinks it's ridiculous that she can't clean her room can't take care of her cats can't work can't drive can't really do anything because her anxiety and depression is so bad but she can go out clubbing with friends every weekend she can make hate accounts about me and my mother online she can make up rumors about celebrities online to the point cease and desist letters are being mailed to the house she has jury duty selection tomorrow that she already missed once and refuses to get her car running so she can drive there because of how bad her driving anxiety is and she doesn't know how to use google maps 
She wants my dad to take her. It's an hour away or pay for an uber an uber is expensive $60 each way and she's got no money to pay for it She knows how to drive. She just doesn't want to and tries to get out of it any way she can as usual My parents offered to drive her up to where the courthouse was yesterday So she knows where it is But she flat out refused to get in the car and started screaming at my dad that he doesn't care about her And accused him of wanting her to get into a car accident tomorrow today He prepaid for an uber so she can get there and is going to pick her up on his way home from work tomorrow He's sick of arguing with her about it and doesn't want her to get arrested for not going Her car is sitting by the driveway and is completely dead She refuses to call aaa and have them come out because she doesn't want to deal with it I've noticed she always loves to start drama and loves to blame everybody else for all of her issues She told my mum the excuse for going clubbing was the therapist recommended that it would be good for her to get out of the house And she's forcing herself to do it And my mum was like so you can force yourself to do that but not anything else you're full of rubbish my parents argue about her every day my mum thinks it's all an act and she just doesn't want to grow up whereas my dad really thinks she is struggling mentally and feels bad for her when she lived with her mother she was calling him almost every day crying about how mentally abusive her mother was and begging him to let her move in with us My mum was reluctant to have her move in because she knows how she is And my parents argued for a while about letting her stay until they both agreed on ground rules for her staying here But that went out the window after she moved in My dad always feels bad for her for some reason Always caters to her and takes her side with almost everything She also bullies me every day She's mean to my face She mocks me makes fun of me takes pictures of me and bullies me online with them She made hate accounts spreading malicious lies about me online and trashed my name on twitter and instagram She deleted the accounts and denied ever doing it whenever I bring it up to my dad and then tries to blame it on me She takes pictures of my mum behind her back and does the same thing We didn't do anything to her. She's always hated us for some reason Now look guys i'm always wary when it comes to talking about mental health and someone's personal situation Because realistically you can never know what they are going through only they will ever know that however Get in the comments right now. Let me know fake or legit because Look, I don't want to like say this is definitely not true what she's going through or it definitely is but let's give our opinions I want to hear your thoughts and then i'll give mine. Okay, so the fact that she is able to go out clubbing on the weekend Kind of puts all this into disrepute now listen obviously it's more enjoyable going out clubbing and it could be you know some sort of getting away from the from the harsh realities of life sort of vibe but if you're able to do that and even me saying this i'm cringing at myself because i know i I really shouldn't be saying this because i don't know her situation but if you're able to do that and then also you know the, the terrible stuff about bullying your entire family online being just a horrible person in general but then being able to go out and club with your mates and stuff then i don't know do you get what i'm saying it's kind of like is that legit i'm not sure I feel bad even saying this in the first place But the stuff that this girl is doing to your family is pretty disgusting And what's important is the fact that she doesn't even care about trying to change it Does she like she's gone to therapy and said oh sack it it's not working Despite then using the therapist's advice of going out clubbing even now I don't know seems weird I don't think a therapist would say yeah go out clubbing with the lads I don't know maybe they would I haven't been to therapy Maybe they would I wouldn't know However throwing away the pills that are prescribed to you that just shows that you don't really care or you don't want to improve your life and you're just being a horrible person in general so ultimately i would say uh probably uh, i don't want to say faking it but it's probably not as legit as she is saying i don't even want to say that can i say that that's just what i think all right it's just what i think 
Now, I'm just going through the comments to uh, justify my opinion here. And all the comments on Reddit are way harsher than me. And I can already I can already see what you're writing down in the comments below. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're saying that she is a disgrace. But, I, I, you know, you know, I just want to be a little bit cautious here. Because I don't want to... Mental health is a... You've got to be careful with that sort of stuff. That's all I'll say. So, when you're putting your comments in, just be a little bit nice. But, you know, just write with a little bit of thoughtfulness. Imagine that the girl was reading it. Just don't go too harsh on her is all I'll say. Uh, but, yeah, interesting one nonetheless. Can I just say quickly, finally, I know I'm going on here. That's what I do. I think this is just a very toxic situation in general, isn't it? Like, I, don't, I get it. This girl is having her own troubles and difficulties. But for you three, dad, mum, you, it's like a horrible environment. Opie has said they are 14 years old and they're getting bullied and just having a terrible time at home. I think, if anything, you should try and just get out of there. You and your mum, maybe. Or, or work something out. Because it's just like, I know it's hard with one person who's going through a lot. But for the rest of you... It's really toxic. I don't know. Easier said than done. Let's leave it there. Thanks for showing your true colors. No more retirement beach house for you, entitled mum. This saga has been unfolding over the past 10 months and has slowed down enough for me to sit back and just take it all in. I met my future husband four years ago and we're happily engaged. We're taking our time with wedding planning and are generally just enjoying looking at options related to building our future house or houses. Now, I say houses as plural because my future husband and I purchased two pieces of land that still need to be developed, but we're not about to break the bank for the sake of starting construction this instant. Besides, we still haven't fully agreed on what exactly we're going to build. We both decided on the interior design and amount of rooms, but my preference means more money on the foundation, etc. But I'm going completely off topic here. So, my 64-year-old mother is retiring in less than two years. Although she was initially a bit standoffish about our relationship, it didn't take long for mum to warm up to my future husband, to the point where even the cell phone assistant helping me in the mall that one time raised his brow at how openly she flirted with him gross right three years ago we hosted my mum for the first time ever it was a first time for her in this country as well so it was kind of a big deal we went out of our way to plan activities different locations and even arranged for a quick drive to another country just across the border for a buffet lunch in hindsight i guess this is where we messed up because my mother got the idea that my future husband is loaded now he's not but we are well off financially at least we're better off than any of my immediate family members with the exception of my younger sister who is married and can afford two dogs two cats and a beautiful house plus the odd weekend getaway with her husband long story short mum is concerned about her lack of retirement plan my younger sister and brother-in-law had just bought a house back then and my older sister was and still is unemployed due to her position in the company being made obsolete. She also has a deadbeat ex, two teenage sons, and is studying her butt off for a bachelor's. So, needless to say, she's stretched thin as is. Between our siblings, we agreed that a retirement home was out of the question. Mum has no property to her name and only has us to rely on. So, the decision was made that I would be most able to see to mum's retirements, while my two sisters helped financially and emotionally, etc., as best they could. Now, my future husband was all in on this because his culture practically revolves around family. We're already supporting his own parents in some ways, so why not include my mum as well? Well, 10 months ago, my mum came to visit again, two weeks this time, with my aunt, her older sister, in tow. They live together and mum is the breadwinner. 
Now the timing wasn't great because we were still kind of negotiating the land and my future husband was under excessive pressure at work This meant we couldn't entertain mum and aunt like we'd entertained mum back then And i'm pretty sure my aunt was expecting more than what we were able to give Everything besides their own travel costs was paid for by the way. So yeah All the while my aunt had wiggled herself into this retirement arrangement because in all honesty Her own daughter and grandkids are most certainly not able to give her anything Except maybe a single bed and a room One thing you need to know about my mother is that she has some pretty problematic views on men and life in general My aunt tends to add fuel to whichever view suits her agenda at any given time Therefore the two of them together can either be a fantastic time or a literal hell I don't know what the heck they've been telling each other before the visit But it was clear that both agreed I need to quite bluntly get as much out of this man as I possibly can Plus make sure my name is on every policy every bank accounts and every legal documents as the main beneficiary Because he treats you like trash and what if something happens to him and you're stuck in this foreign country completely alone they even went so far as to ask if i had direct access to his finances um i do but that's none of their business then the showstopper one late afternoon while we're all at our friend's holiday home for a long weekend Mum straight up walks towards me and in the presence of my friend states you better not have any children with that man To be fair, she didn't know my friend could understand our language, but what the heck, man? It took a few days, but I eventually revealed to my future husband all they'd said after my mum and aunt left. At first, he wanted us to uphold our promise to build mum a retirement home, but during the past months, he's finally decided that no, we're not going to reward my mother's toxicity with a fully equipped luxury house on the beach as a retirement home i've since made it clear multiple times yet unfortunately no family member with the exception of my father they've been divorced for like two decades takes me seriously but that's fine though wow that is one narcissistic lady right there uh, yeah she is quite demanding my word a free beach house for retirement i'd like that as well please hey it's a good thing op that you're not just you know bending over for her and who cares if your family don't take you seriously it's in your own hands if you don't build the house if you don't contribute then there's nowhere for her to live and other people other members of your family are gonna have to fill in simple as that they're gonna have to do something i would say just focus on your life focus on your future husband do what you want to do and forget about everything else simple my dad demands my salary this is a true story it's about my father i might sound like a bad person talking about my own parents this way but it's true look i'm no angel and i had a rough life p.s if you see me talking about money it's in inr that's indian rupees so one us dollar is roughly 80 rupees to be honest i had a rough childhood the relationship between me and my father was really bad I'm the second child and I have an older sister. Apparently, my dad wanted another daughter. Hence, he started avoiding me from the day I was born. Like, he didn't even show up at the hospital that day. So my mum had to go to the hospital alone, give birth to a baby, and come back home with this new baby, me. He avoided me so much that whenever my family would go shopping, he would get something for everyone. A cloth, toffee, or anything they wanted. But me, on the other hand, wouldn't get anything. If I ever asked him for something, he would slap me in the middle of the road or inside the shop and throw a loud tantrum, like I asked him to do something illegal. Let me come clean her. After a few years, after I turned eight or nine, I did start arguing back. 
I started to push him to the extremes to make him feel what I felt like But he'd handle it all the same way yell at me or slap me Even until this day, I have social anxiety disorder because of the experiences I had not only that He loved throwing away my stuff when I was young. I had a hobby of collecting stuff My oldest memory is of me collecting shells from the beach But he would throw everything away saying that it was worthless I started collecting stamps and he used all of them to send letters to his friends I collected coins and he threw them all in the toilet. I collected fossils not lying. I had fossils He waited until I filled a full bucket of amber and other kinds of fossils and sent a verification to the archaeological depth to verify it. They verified it, said they're original, and could get me thousands if I sell them. I didn't want to sell them and I wanted to collect more. Days later, knowing this, he took all of it and threw it away. Because, and I quote, Carrying bones inside the house would bring demons inside. I gave up fighting at that point. I was around 13 or 15 at the time. I thought that if I could bear a few more years, I could get my own life with my own rules. When the time came for me to go to college, he wouldn't let me choose my favorite course. I was forced to choose IT. Not regretting that, but it wasn't my thing. I just agreed and lived in a hostel. He went abroad for work after that. I thought that maybe I could live my life then, but he doesn't let go of me that easily. He gave his number to like everyone in my college my roommates classmates professors, etc And he'd investigate me every day if I didn't respond the way he liked He'd send my sister our fan favorites to take my mobile phone away from me and make me realize what it's like to be lonely After four hard years of studying and one year of training I got a nice job in an mnc that i've always looked up to in january this year. I got my first paycheck I wanted to have a lot of fun with it like having good food in a nice restaurant with my friends going out on a hiking trip, etc That's when dad shows up again after all these years giving me everything I wanted He'd have my food on the plate before I get to the table The water heater would be on hours before I go to the bathroom for a bath and stuff like that My mother being the kind-hearted angel she is warns me that he's doing it to get my money and nothing else And just like she predicted a few days later My dad comes to me and demands that I send him three thousand rupees that's about 400 500 like i said before i was still a trainee my salary was hardly above 5k so i straight up refused to pay him that much he was working abroad so i was sure he already had millions in his accounts and just didn't want to spend his own money then the blackmailing starts my grandma sister uncles and everyone in my family insisted on me paying my dad because family comes first So after a lot of arguments, I decided to take the hard way round. I pay him the 3k pack my stuff and I move out I remove my dad's name from the nominee and insurance list that my company provides Free healthcare in all major hospitals throughout the world for the employees and three family members Which just has my mother's name now Now I live alone just a few minutes away from the main hq of my company, but the story doesn't end there He called me just a few days ago asking me for another 10k Okay, now we're talking over a thousand dollars this time He says no matter how much I get in my salary. I should send him 10k every month Your dad is asking for what 1.25k dollars every month Why if you're living with your expenses, you know, that's impossible To put that into contrast, I make around 25k a month. The room I live in costs 14.5k per month in rent. Also, there's internet, food, tax, and other essentials I have to take care of. 
So I just decide to ignore him for a few days. I've made up my mind. I'm not paying him a penny after this. Even if it means that the money would save his life, I'll let him die. If the money is for his funeral, I'm going to let his body rot in the open. Like I said, I'm not an angel. I've suffered in life, but that doesn't mean I'm going to help my oppressors and be a good hero. Everyone should own up and pay for what they're worth. So yes, the money is mine. I'm saving the rest of it. Salary, expenses, up for my future wife, marriage, and kids. Now look, don't get me wrong. I know that culturally in places in countries like India, family is seen as, you know, the most important thing. Not saying it isn't in other places across the world, but especially in countries like India, that is the case. But I feel like your dad is kind of just using that to just get money from you. I don't really know why, but asking you for over a thousand dollars per month is mental. That's more than some people make entirely. What? And as I said, I know that family is obviously extremely important, but who cares? That is so toxic. Like, who cares if he's a dad? He's just, he's just a p- Simple as that. He is. If he wants to continue being just greedy and using his kids, that's fine. But he's going to get nothing from you. So how about he moves on to your sister, someone else, or just earns his own money and doesn't just freeload off his children? That sounds like some good advice right there. Entitled Asian mother tries to get my fiance to date her daughter. Okay, I'm still baffled and horrified by what just happened. And my fiance is still fuming from it as I type this out on the bus ride home. But some women thought it was perfectly acceptable to ask him to dump me in exchange for her daughter. First of all, a little backstory. I am a 25-year-old female and my fiancé is a 33-year-old male. We're having a little day out. We don't get to have much time together as he works nights and I work a few miles away. And we're still living with my parents while trying to get my driver's license. So this day out was a big thing to us. As neither of us drive, we had to get a bus out to a little village on the outskirts of the city center where my fiance lives. And we had a little walk down by the canal, stopping to get some lunch at a nearby pub. When it was starting to near mid-afternoon, we went back to the bus stop to get the same bus back home. This is where the problem starts. I was playing around on my phone, waiting for the bus, while my fiancé paced up and down the pavements. He can never sit still for long, unless it involves video games. We were going to be waiting a good 10 to 15 minutes before the bus was due. While I wasn't paying attention to what was going on, a young woman came up to my fiancé. This was the entitled mother's daughter and looked to be no older than 17 or 18. She was actually a decent person and nothing like her mother. Um, hi, sorry to bother you, but I think you're kind of cute and really my type. Would you mind if I gave you my number? Oh, sorry, I'm actually engaged. The girl goes red with embarrassment. Oh, okay, uh, sorry to bother you. Congratulations. I asked my fiancé what that was about, and he briefly explained to me what happened. I felt bad for the girl, as we've all been in situations like that. Thinking that was the end of it, I went back to my phone, and my fiancé went back to pacing. Then her entitled mother came over. I also want to point out that the entitled mother and her daughter were both Asian and my fiance is half Asian. This is relevant to the story later. The woman came over to my fiance and began her demands. Why did you turn my daughter down? Is she not pretty enough? Is that it? Huh? Uh, excuse me? My daughter told you that she likes you. So why won't you go out with her? Miss, I'm not interested in your daughter because I- The woman cut my fiance off mid-sentence. How could you turn her down without even getting to know her? She's a beautiful young woman. She's smart and would make a wonderful wife. My fiance is now shocked and is backing away. Whoa, lady, reel it in a bit. I'm not saying that your daughter isn't any of those things, 
but I'm already engaged to be married. The entitled mother folded her arms and scowled at my fiance. Your fiance won't know about it. Just get to know my daughter and you'll see you like her a lot more. My fiance's jaw dropped. Um, for your information, my fiance will know about this as she's standing right here. My fiance then pointed at me. I looked at the entitled mother and gave her a timid wave. The entitled mother looked at me like she was looking at a cockroach. That's your fiance? You can't marry her. Why not? I love her. She's white. You need a strong, loving Asian woman like my daughter to take care of you. She continued to scream about how she thought I wasn't the right woman for my fiance. I could see him start to clench his fists due to anxiety. Do your parents even know about her? If my son brought home a girl like that, I'd be furious. Yes, they do. And they love her. My sisters also love her. The woman goes red in the face. Why would you purposely want to dilute your Asian heritage? Do you not have any respect or pride? My fiance was obviously close to having a panic attack. So I slowly started to walk over to him to help him calm down. Before I got to him, he finally snapped. Listen, I'm half Asian. My mum is white and my biological dad is Asian. He buggered off when I was three. I don't identify with the Asian community at all. You don't have any right to tell me who I can or can't date or marry. Leave us alone. I just want to point out that the reason why my fiance didn't bring this up to begin with is because he doesn't like talking about his ethnic background. The entitled mother stomped her foot, glaring daggers at us before finally stomping off. Her daughter apologized profusely for her mother's behavior before finally following after her. I also want to add on a little extra story when something similar happened a couple of months before, but my fiance isn't aware of it as it would have made him very uncomfortable. We were at a different bus stop waiting for a bus back home. We were the first people there before we were joined by a middle-aged man a couple of minutes later. I was playing on my phone while my fiance was occasionally talking to me. The only difference in this story is that the man wasn't entitled. He just jumped to the wrong conclusion. My fiance finished drinking his takeaway coffee and walked a few feet away to throw it in the bin. As he walked away, the man started to talk to me. Are you all right, love? I was confused. Excuse me? If he's bothering you, just let me know. At that point, I then realized what he thinks. Oh, no, it's okay. He's my fiance. Oh, I see. Sorry, I shouldn't have assumed. He then backed away and didn't say another word. Now, I don't really know what to say about the last short story there that OP posted, but clearly this is something that regularly occurs. People just getting involved with this couple for no apparent reason. I don't really know why. Maybe they've got unlucky or maybe it's actually a common thing because your fiance is half Asian or I guess just is a different ethnicity to you in general. Listen, get in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. What do you think? Do you think this is just random that these two things have happened or do you think there's a reason for it? Either way, it's a shame is all i'll say like it just is racist isn't it if the more I, the more i look at it it's just racist now the second one you say is not entitled but he's still like jumping to conclusions I, it, I don't know better to be safe than sorry or racist the first one that woman is just racist like i don't there's nothing else to say about that second one probably needs a bit more context but hey let me know your thoughts interesting and sad nonetheless it's like the woman is genuinely saying oh you're the same ethnicity as me i'm gonna make decisions about your life then Like, it doesn't make any sense. But hey, this is our slash entitled parents. Prepare to expect the unexpected. There we go. Alexa, play bitch ain't shit.
by Dr. Dre. My crib midget has evolved into a mini human, and my mini human is now in an adult male body, which is unfortunately still outfitted with a teenage brain. Don't worry though, he knows everything. I myself have a late 30s model body, but my teenage brain is coming along well. That said, my loving wife is still able to maintain her sanity with two and a half boys and half male adults in the house. However, our house was too small and we needed more legroom. We decided to move on up. The new house is everything we wanted. There's ample room for the growing family. The boys would conquer the upstairs and even have their own bathroom to grow science experiments. They occasionally fail to brush their teeth, but you can most certainly count on them to pee in or on everything except the toilets. Cake, my 11-year-old mini-human, shares my obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD, and keeps his room in working order. Kelly, my 15-year-old man-child genius, well, just don't touch that sock under his bed. Typical boy stuff, I suppose. My wife and I now had a backyard. We had a two-car garage to store her Christmas and Halloween decorations. The neighborhood is gorgeous, and I can literally walk to the clubhouse and play a round of golf. The cul-de-sac we live on is dominated by currently serving or retired military families. Everyone was extremely welcoming at the homeowners association, and the neighbors were all friendly. Well, at least for the moment. Now, I've read about neighbor horror stories. I've seen them on television. I never in a million years thought I would live next to them. I am a gunfighter by trade, but believe it or not, I don't like war. I like my job, but I don't enjoy the carnage of war. I'm a realist though. I would totally cast my ballot for world peace, but I know it only takes one butthole to ruin it for everyone. My immediate neighbors became those buttholes. Enter the entitled parents, Kevin and Karen. They seemed nice at first. They were both really helpful, especially Kevin. Kevin had served in the Air Force and Karen was a stay-at-home mother. They enlightened me regarding the neighborhood, the quality of the area schools, and told me the tips and tricks to avoid any hassle with the HOA. Freaking great, right? Enter coronavirus, COVID-19, zombie apocalypse. The onset of COVID-19 forced the school district to cancel the remainder of the school year so the boys didn't turn into zombies. However, the mass hysteria allowed my humanoids to become semi-professional Fortnite gamers who smelled like bullfunk and survived on soda and zebra cakes. They were quickly becoming chubby bunnies. I, being neighborly, informed Kevin and Karen that I would be in the market for a portable basketball hoop to combat childhood obesity and type 2 diabetes. Side note, I remember everything. It can be quite literally a matter of life or death in my occupation, so I remember things vividly. So I go around to Karen's house. Pleasantries, some other words. I'm thinking about getting a basketball hoop for the boys, I say. That's great, says Karen. It's so good to have young children in the neighborhood again. Yeah, but you know you can't put it in the street, right? Says Kevin. It's against HOA rules. Kevin is a rules guy. Ah, well aware. I'll be putting it on the back pad. That's great. If the ball ever goes over the fence, just tell them to come and get it. Awesome. It was a positive interaction and they had no issue. Onwards to Walmart. Now, my children are well behaved. They may act like idiots to each other and inside the house, but they're both kind and courteous to others. Despite Karen's instructions, I told them to knock on the door if the ball ever goes over the fence. 
so they did first bounce over i hear a knock 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 at my door it's kevin hey kevin how can i help you now kevin was annoyed the ball went over the fence ah did the boys knock and ask to get it yes i just wanted to let you know i spoke to my wife afterwards that was odd was all i could think is the guy gonna let me know each time the ball goes over the fence maybe i should knock on his door Hey, Kevin, just wanted to let you know that your car is parked in the driveway. This process quickly became a routine for Kevin. Kevin became a self-licking ice cream cone. Kevin came over six times over the course of about three months. My wife began keeping tallies because it was odd, but somewhat comical. Then stuff started to get real. Cake, my youngest child, came running in the house scared. He had tears in his eyes and was continually reiterating, I didn't do anything wrong. Nobody has accused me of being world's best dad, so I was wondering if he did in fact do something wrong. I forgo waterboarding Cake this time and ask what he's talking about. Cake stated, Karen is recording me. Wait, what? I look outside and sure as heck, I see Karen at the fence pointing her cell phone at me as if it was a loaded gun. I think, well, f*** my tits because I know my wife is going to lose her head. And she did. My wife is dainty, but she quickly turned into a 4'11 Muhammad Ali. Man, it took every freaking ounce of verbal reasoning for me to stop her from physically rearranging Karen's face meets. In addition to remembering things for work, I have to be well-read regarding the laws that govern me as an American and the local laws. I knew Karen's tactic to scare and record cake was immoral and unethical, but it was perfectly legal. This didn't sit well with my wife though. I reminded my wife that I have a doctorate in revenge from fucking university, FU, and this would not go unanswered. I can be a prick too, but I am a methodical prick. I did my best to erect makeshift barriers as a temporary solution. It wasn't perfect, but at least it showed that we were doing everything in our power to prevent balls from going over the fence. I also submitted plans for a permanent structure to the HOA. I was going to build a hanging herb garden wall but it required approval before construction could start. The typical approval timeline was two weeks, but in addition to pooping on earth, COVID-19 also pooped on the approval process. I was in limbo. Now, tragically, another basketball fell victim to the senseless violence. It was the ninth basketball in approximately eight months. The kids were terrified to ask for it back, and it wasn't even worth the hassle anymore. That didn't stop Kevin though. Ninth bounce over. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, is your husband home? My wife answered. Yes, but he's injured his back. How can I help you? Get him, please. I should mention that Kevin is outwardly sexist and is not a fan of coloreds. Kevin, my husband can't even walk right now. How can I help you? The basketball went over the fence again and it needs to stop. They need to stop playing basketball. He was now telling my wife how to parent. Good luck, buddy. I'm sorry the ball went over the fence. We continue to tell the children to be careful, but I'm not going to tell them they can't play basketball in their own yard. You'll tell your boys to stop playing. If the ball comes over the fence again, we are calling the cops. Tell your boys to stay out of our yard. They're trespassing. If you want to call the cops, then you go ahead and do it. However, the boys do not go in your yard at all anymore. I was losing my mind in the bedroom. I could hear the conversation, but I physically couldn't make the front door. I managed to slide off the bed though and began my army crawl to the door, but I was late. 
My wife was fuming and I was angry and pathetically crawling on the floor. Yay, back injuries. We had no intention of starting a war, but the boys were doing nothing wrong. We'd informed Kevin we were getting a hoop and they had zero issues with it. What the frick was going on? 10th bounce over. The cops are called. The OP City Police Department sent two cruisers. The children may be 11 and 15, but all be danged if they don't go down without a fight. One cruiser was not going to suffice. You better send two for my miscreants. I just sat in my garage man cave and watched it all play out. The cops go to the neighbor's house first. They're there for more than an hour and I can only assume we're being painted as horrible neighbors. Oh well. It's now pitch dark outside and I was startled by the time an officer approaches. Officer John Kimball comes up to me. Hello, sir? Holy frick, you scared the poop out of me. Sorry, hi. I'm Officer Kimball with OP City PD. How are you doing this evening? Typically, I'd say fine but I don't typically have a cop in my garage. Yeah, I understand. Look, the reason we're here is because the neighbors called out about trespassing. Now, they said nobody went in their yard today, but they want you to understand they will press charges next time. I was baffled. I did my best to maintain my composure, but I'm certain my face was screaming, are you freaking serious? Officer Kimball then pointed at his body camera and mouthed, recording and then gave me a thumbs up gesture i immediately seized the opportunity to f with him sorry it's in my nature hey officer do you want another beer you can't just drink one the officer starts laughing what i didn't have a beer with you i'm only kidding and look we're fully aware of their intent to press charges i'll be sure to do my best to prepare my boys for the rigors of prison life too i think jail will be good for them too maybe even toughen them up a bit okay sir i just want to ensure that you are aware ideally we'd like to see neighbors talk things like this out and not call the cops but unfortunately this is what it's come to i just want to ensure you are aware tracking you have a good evening sir thanks officer kimball then walked back to his patrol car he didn't leave though i assume he was just finishing mundane paperwork but he was there for at least 20 minutes then much to my surprise he returned and was a completely different officer hey man you back for that beer no sorry man i've got to play the game for the body cam i hear you i occasionally wear one at work but it only cuts back on my cussing people still get shots oh you are me yep cool what do you do shoot first shoot often and have my story straight before the cops arrive i figure as much after looking at all your stuff here look i just wanted to talk to you without the camera they really seem eager to press charges if your children are caught in their yard uh yeah my wife and i have concluded that oh honestly that lady is batshit crazy my god she demanded we arrest your children tonight wait tonight yes she said they trespassed before and she wanted to press charges now oh my i'm sorry you've got to deal with this brother i really am i can assure you that they've never gone in their yard without permission not once they are terrified of her she taunts them from the other side of the fence and records them seriously they're scared of her we now chalk the balls up as a loss oh i believe you there's something not right with that lady she said the basketball wakes her son up and she would not hesitate to press charges i told her we'd do our duty but i don't think the magistrate will not view the situation kindly if we arrest two children for playing basketball she clearly doesn't care though look i just wanted to chat with you and without the body cam i can't exactly call her crazy while it's running the officer stayed for another hour 
He was impressed with the collection of war memorabilia and the setup of my garage man cave. He was specifically intrigued with my Nintendo and working copy of Mike Tyson Punch-Out, among other classics. Yes, it's certainly freaking cool, but I'll be honest, it's got little to do with the story. But then, poop meets fan. My wife was mowing the grass and I was currently doing stuff I never thought would be a priority of mine. Planting a new flower bed. Kevin and Karen had just returned from another Chick-fil-A run. Then the unthinkable happened. Kevin exited the car and immediately approached me and he was angry your boys went into my yard and got a ball today they may think we didn't notice but we did you need to tell those boys to stay out of my yard or wait a freaking minute i don't tolerate people who lie cheat or steal and you are lying right now no your boys were we were at an all-day soccer tournament in a different state we've only been home for a couple of hours they've not played any basketball since we've been home you're lying well we're sick of them getting balls from our yard without permission look kevin i get it however you failed to recall when your wife said the boys were more than welcome to go in the yard and i didn't even get to finish when i heard the screech of karen now look i know my writing style is different to say the least i wish i was better i do not have the words to accurately articulate the sound karen made but i'll do my best It was like the Tyrannosaurus from Jurassic Park making love to a nuclear explosion during a tornado, but way freaking louder. The only thing that honestly makes this worse, and I freaking kid you not, is that she is a dead ringer for Carol Baskin from Tiger King. Not maybe a little, but more, holy frick, Carol Baskin is your neighbor type of resemblance. I never said that. I would never say that. She screamed at the top of her lungs mere inches from my face. I could smell the meow mix bellow from her scream factory. Meanwhile, Kevin pulled a freaking Houdini and vanished. Kevin is a passive-aggressive butthole and direct confrontation scares him off. Yes, you did, I reply. I never said that. You're wrong. Uh, Whatever, it's not even worth it. I'm so sick of your heathens going in my yard. Your heathens better not go in my yard again or I will have them arrested. I know the law. The I know the law statement really rubbed me wrong. I was about to open my mouth and respond, but my wife was on her like stink on poop, which led me to believe Karen is louder than a lawnmower. My wife was still seething about Karen recording the kids. They don't go in your yard and they're good children. They are not heathens. You better stop recording my children. Oh, shut up. You guys are white trash. Your children play in the street and run around the neighborhood like criminals. They broke my mulch too. Yes, she said they broke the mulch. Everybody knows you're trash. Just stupid white trash. I'm now thinking, oh, frick. And I'm semi-worried about Karen's future health as an active participant of living humans. I think my wife wanted to expire Karen's shelf life. Excuse me? My children never play in the streets. You're recording them. Oh, just shut up. You're stupid. You're just plain stupid. I can record them if I want. No wonder you don't have jobs. I have three advanced degrees. We're working from home. When you are, you're trashy and stupid. And both your children are stupid. I had enough. There was no point in arguing at all. Mark Twain stated, never argue with an idiot. They'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. Now, Mark is correct and Karen was trying to drag us down. Now, I don't know why, but I remember something that Kevin discussed with me when we first moved in. The freaking trees. They have a large maple tree and they have a juniper tree. 
Kevin always told me they were in the process of contracting a company to crown and lift the maple tree. Furthermore, they were going to get the juniper tree off my fence. Now guys, I know the law too. I can legally trim anything that goes over my property line. Now, all those pointless conversations were making sense. It was my time to join this exciting game called pettiness. Karen, I say, you have until Sunday to get your juniper off my fence. Oh, shut up. I told you we were going to get it handled this fall. It's June. You have until Sunday. Or what? I allow my wife to rejoin the conversation and I retreat to the garage. There, I grab my clippers and prune a good couple of inches off the juniper tree and lay them at her feet. Cute T-Rex frickin' a volcano voice. What the heck do you think you're doing? I told you it will be done this fall. You have until Saturday now. You're dumb too. Just like your wife, aren't you? My intelligence may have been debatable, but I suppose it was time to repeat the process. I now return with about two feet of tree and place it at her feet. I'm like Momo McF***. Lady. You have until Friday, I say. You better not touch my tree again. I'll call the cops and have you thrown in jail tonight. You're so dumb, aren't you? Now I see where your children get it from. I know the law too, Karen. I'll be back in a minute with some more of your juniper tree. Kevin! 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 I again return to the tree. I now have another two feet of juniper tree to place at her feet. The more she screams, the smaller her tree becomes. It was an enjoyable game of cause and effect. Meanwhile, I see Kevin and Kevin Jr. running like Usain Bolt to secure their tree with toe straps. I hope you're happy. You're terrible people. You're both terrible parents and your children are heathens. I'm sick of ball bouncing and waking my son up too. You people need to move. You're just horrible parents. Horrible. Now screaming louder. Horrible parents. Guys, I had enough. I was at critical mass. I was going to explode. Karen continued to yell at my wife and I was zoning out. It was comical to watch Kevin and Kevin Jr. secure the tree to their porch in order to get it off the fence. Once complete, they quickly made their way back to the one-sided screaming party. Horrible parents, look what they did with my poor tree. I think we should call the cops, dear. Horrible parents, I feel sorry for your kids and I'll just shut the frick up. I raked up 21 bags of leaves this past fall. 21 funny because we don't have a tree in our backyard i pulled an additional bags worth of leaves and branches from my gutter not from my tree either it was from your tree you know what kevin i didn't complain i didn't knock on your door and bitch yeah and we live in a suburbia this stuff happens they are kids kids freaking play outside i don't want the ball in your yard either you accuse them of being in your yard you also accuse them of breaking mulch How in the frick do you break mulch? Are you freaking serious? Really? Yes, really. Maybe you should learn how to parent your horrible children. At this point, I just freaking lost it. Wait for the surprise. You know what? That's the last time you question me about my parenting. My children are going to grow up and be productive members of our society. I find it comical that you have the audacity to question my parenting, seeing how you have a, wait for it, 49-year-old son living at your house for the past nine years. I assume it was because of the divorce and the bankruptcy he filed nine years ago. My children are waking your child up. Your child is a jobless 49-year-old man living at home with mum and dad. Is he working on a startup? Prestige worldwide, maybe? Boats and hoes? At this point, Karen was freaking baffled. How do you know any of that? 
Do you go snooping through our mail too? I'm good at what I do, and I found everything online. I know you are 69 and lost your license due to reckless endangerment charge in 2017. I know Kevin Jr. has five different moving violations and one DUI. I also know he was fired from his grounds crew job with the HOA. I know your husband is 72 and wears the same freaking shirt every day, so I can only assume that laundry is not a priority. I know your phone numbers and email accounts. I know a lot of stuff about you. Your child is 49 and lives at home. Maybe you should be more worried about your parenting and less about mine. We can have a civil relationship or we can have a war. Just remember this though. I'm going to freaking outlive you. They then stormed back into their house. They were not happy or impressed with my ability to figure stuff out. It wasn't over for me though. They fricked with the wrong F head. They were unaware of actions I took to keep the peace. For example, I never let the boys play basketball while they were outside eating dinner. I didn't let them play before nine or after seven. I tried, but they would blare country music and enjoy the gorgeous weather and eat a meal. I never complained about Garth Brooks on volume 100 while I watch the national news. I was teleworking and I took up as a part-time job now. I have wrestled since I was four years old. I was never much of a basketball guy. I am now though. Karen and Kevin had just sat down to enjoy their meal. I don't have to spy either. I can easily see them at my French doors as I watch the news. I patiently waited for the slot speed F heads to get their outside dinner setting perfectly situated. I could hear Tim McGraw playing when I opened my French doors. I like music too, so I figured I'd get my groove and play basketball. I say, Alexa, play ain't by Dr. Dre. Playing bleep and bleep by Dr. Dre. Alexa, volume 10. I have a new fondness for rap music and the game of basketball. This didn't stop Karen from recording my heathens on a daily basis. Look, I know what I was about to do was petty, but I had zero Fs to give at that point. I had one last FU, my final card to play, an Una reverse card of sorts. My neighbors across the streets and my family have bonded. He had a tree removed last week and I had an epiphany. How much would it cost to trim a large maple tree that overhangs my property? I'm not talking a couple of branches either, but more like one half of a more than 100 foot tree. I approached the tree removal company and offered them a sizable chunk of change and informed them of my delicate problem. They said, any friend of your neighbor is a friend of ours. Pro bono. They moved their large equipment over to my backyard and take their time getting ready. Guess who came running out of the house? No, not Brad Pitt. Frick, get your stuff together, reader. Karen and Kevin come running out. Hey, buddy, said Kevin. He went with buddy, not F-head, not horrible parents. Buddy, what can I do for you? What are they doing here? Oh, them? I pointed at the guys. Yeah, uh, what are they doing here? Oh, well, they're just gonna go and trim the tree. Just trim? Yep, just a little trim. You know that tree was a gift from our daughter, right? Says Karen. We don't want anything drastic. It's been with us for over 40 years now. Yeah, it was a gift from our daughter. How much are you thinking of trimming? Well, just so you're aware, you understand that I can legally trim anything that overhangs my property. I've got approval from my lawyer and the HOA to trim it. Now, frankly, I care as much about your tree as you do my children's privacy. I could freaking care less. Well, how much are you talking about trimming then? My property line is here, I point, and it extends up, I point up, to space. 
I'm gonna trim every single branch that encroaches my property. So probably about a third of your tree. It's gonna look really freaking funny when I'm done. Oh well, Karen started to cry. It was a really, really ugly cry. There was no more rage left in her. She was defeated. Kevin was defeated as well. Now this was not my desire. Don't get me wrong. I don't care if she cried, but it was not my intents. Or you can stop recording my freaking children. Karen looked like snot-nosed Carol Baskin. If I stop recording? Look, we don't have to like each other because I certainly don't freaking like you guys. My boys never go in your yard, ever. I don't even care if you keep the basketballs, but I'll be danged if you freaking record them ever again. If you do, I'll cut your tree down without warning. Now, Kevin is still angry, but says, thanks, bud. No worries, friend. I'm just trying to be neighborly. Just remember, I am dead serious about the tree, and I'm pretty certain I will outlive you. Now, look, guys, I know I'm a prick. I know we're both in the wrong at times. I draw the line, though, when a 69-year-old woman sees fit to torment my kids. We've only had one problem since these events occurred. Kevin's junior's car sat in the same spot for nine months. I've submitted over 20 home improvement requests to the HOA, and I'm now friends with the wonderful ladies that work there. They periodically inspect neighborhoods and notice the registration on Junior's vehicle was two years outdated, and they had it towed. Karen accused me of having it towed. We had another colorful conversation, but it ended there. Kevin Jr. is still jobless to this day. I assume he's managed to erect a bunk bed in his childhood bedroom. He has so much more room for activities. Just make sure you don't touch his drum sets. And there we go. That is the end of that absolute beaut of a story. I've got to say, first of all, I don't know why OP thinks his writing is bad. It's phenomenal. I loved reading that. It was so easy to read. It flows so well. The story was great. The twist at the end as well, a 49-year-old kid still living at home, and that's the person that you're complaining about. Oh, amazing. Loved every second. Great story. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. You know, personally, I've always thought about this, right? What if you buy a house and it just turns out, unluckily, that your neighbors are just horrific people? Like in this story, there's nothing you can do. You own your house, they own their house. You've just got to live with each other. It must be incredibly tiring to have to go through an entire ordeal like this and deal with people like Karen, Kevin, and their son, I guess. But wow, the way you guys went about it, amazing. OP, I love you. I love your wife. I love your kids, even. Uh, Not in a weird way, but they seem like good guys. You know, very polite, respectful, good at basketball as well future in the nba perhaps but yeah in general all i can say is that every word of this was just brilliant thoroughly enjoyed reading it hope you guys did too as i said in the intro i'm on a mission to bring you lot the best quality stories from the internet and i think with this one i mean let me know down in the comments if you agree i've done so drop a like on the video if you agree with that my mum killed my fake baby this happened in high school when i was about 16 now i'm 26 and i'm still bitter about it because it wrecked my gpa so when i was in high school i was in home ec for the second year in a row at my school we had different levels of home ec like there's a spanish one spanish two spanish three so freshman year you did the boiled egg baby experiments but in the high level class we got these fancy robotic baby dolls the dolls had sensors in them in different spots the mouth the back the bottom we got these key fobs that were sewed into cloth diapers or built into bottles so that when the baby would cry we would put the fob across the sensor and the baby would stop crying the baby also had a sensor in the neck and if the neck went too far back it would register as broken on your charts we were assigned the babies for one weekend at this time i was in marching band and i had games on friday nights 
I was worried that I wouldn't be able to hear the baby cry over the crowd and the band So I asked my mum to babysit I showed her how all the key fobs worked and all of that and she said she'd do it. No problem So I go to the game I do my marching band stuff and I go home I get the baby back and my mum says that everything went well I noticed when she gave it back that the baby did have some different baby clothes on And she said they'd gone over to my aunts and the cousins had dressed the baby up But that she'd watched them. I got a little annoyed. I told her it wasn't a toy It was my grade, but she told me to calm down. So the rest of the weekend goes by I take care of the baby and I don't miss anything To be fair, I'd been watching kids since I was 14 and my job at the time was at a daycare I got fridays off for games and they were closed weekends. So monday rolls around We turn in the babies and they print out our reports from the computer I got like a really low score like a 57 or something. I failed. That's for sure I'm so mad because I didn't do anything wrong. I hadn't missed a thing On the printout, it said that the baby's neck had broken about 10 times, had been left in a dirty diaper about 8 times, and hadn't been fed around the same amount. To say I was shocked was an understatement. I knew I wasn't the one who'd done this, or I guess not done any of it. So, I obviously confronted my mum, outraged. She had tanked my grade, and I was an A-B student. She denied the whole thing, and my stepdad tried to say it was me who did it, and I was just trying to push the blame on my mum because I didn't want to admit that I'd done something wrong. So I went back to my teacher and asked her if she could print out another list of the infractions, except this time with timestamps on them. She said she could. I also asked that if I could get a letter from my parents saying that they had done all that stuff to the baby Could she possibly pass me and she said she'd have to see so I get the paper and sure enough Every infraction was in between the time I dropped the baby off with my mum and the time I picked it up after the game I took the paper to my mum and confronted her I remember my stepdad had the audacity to say I had faked it somehow But I finally got her to admit that she had basically let the little cousins take it to their bedrooms and play with it like it was a baby doll. All while she and my stepdad got drunk with my aunts. They did write the letter, but I did get a C. But I'm still clearly resentful. I basically swore that day to never trust my mum with my future kids. This was when I also started to wise up to just how bad my mum and stepdad's drinking was. I had been dealing with it, but been in denial since about 8th grade. But that fall, it really just hit me how unreliable they were and how much they prioritized their drinking over me. Now, other than the fact that I didn't realize that in home economics, you get to look after an actual robotic baby. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, my first reaction is your mum is ridiculous. I guess she just didn't understand how important this baby was for your entire, you know, school year and academic future. It does sound pretty hard to be fair. The fact that you are tasked with looking after a baby doll for what, 72 hours straight? That is tough. That's surely a part of that would be trusting with your parents. I don't know. That is ridiculous. The only slight positive I can take from this is that at least you kind of saw quite early how your parents really were. You know, the fact that, as you say later on, they really did rely on drink and they just weren't good people in general. Maybe this was the the event that, that showed you that. It's not really a positive, I'll be honest, but maybe you learned something. Yeah, terrible all around. Let's move on. My aunt and uncle tried to get me fired over some crumbs. Then it tore the family apart. Some background. This happened around five years ago. I am a woman and I was 23 years old at the time. Now, during that spell, I worked for a large cleaning maid service chain that specialized in both household cleaning and commercial cleaning. I don't mean to sound too braggy, but I pride myself on my work ethic and ability to be highly productive. 
The first and only year they did this, I managed to get the Employee of the Year status. Out of thousands of employees amongst hundreds of branches across Canada and the US, which came with a cool $1,000 bonus. I was good at my job. I did special little things for clients, like fancy towel, toilet paper folds, nice vacuum lines, and was requested very often by clients. I'd never gotten a customer complaint in the five years that I worked there. I don't know what happened with my mother's side of the family, but her siblings are all full-blown backstabbing narcissists, some worse than others, that constantly make snide remarks. My mother is not as bad as them, but she definitely has narcissistic tendencies as well. My grandmother is a sweet, open-minded, non-judgmental woman, so it baffles me that all four of her children ended up being so trashy. The four of them all married equally as trashy people anyways onto the story my one aunt and uncle who are the worst of the bunch moved and needed a new house cleaner they remembered that i cleaned houses so they called my boss and signed up with the company i worked for specifically requesting me i came into work the next day and my boss tells me the news that my aunt signed up and asked me to clean their house knowing how she and her husband are i was very apprehensive and i asked my boss if that was a good idea as it would be a conflict of interest. Basically, I try to say, F no, I'm not cleaning that dog's house in the most professional way possible. Well, regardless of my stronger test, my aunt was on my cleaning list the next day. I'll be honest, the first few cleans went totally fine. There were four adults living in my aunt's house at the time. My aunt, my uncle, their son, my cousin, who was in university, and my grandmother. So it was a lot of work to clean up after four adults in a huge house, but it was nice to see my grandmother every two weeks. And like I said, it was all going just fine. My grandmother and cousin were always home while I cleaned, and my aunt and uncle were usually at work. My gran was always so appreciative, saying how good of a job I do, and that she could see why I was deemed employee of the year. My mum was proud and told her about it. It was going fine, until one morning when I come into work, and my boss has a confused, concerned look on his face. I ask him what's wrong, and he states that my first complaint came in. I was shocked, and at this point after so many years, I was on a pretty personal level with all of my clients, so I figured if there was a concern, I'd get told directly. My boss then says, and it's from your aunt and uncle. Shock turned into rage, and my boss hands me over the printed out complaint email. I can't completely remember what it said, but I'll paraphrase as best as I can. I just remember it being extremely cold and I was being referred to as your staff. I guess I wasn't even worthy of a name. It read, Dear Boss, Entitled Aunt and I are writing this email in regards to a clean we recently had done by your staff. To say it was subpar is putting it lightly. When my wife and I got home from work, we found crumbs all over the kitchen floor. High dusting was not completed. Now, the high dusting he was referring to here was nine feet tall shelves. I'm not allowed to climb ladders due to liability reasons. Anyway, hallways were not vacuumed and some other things seemed intentionally missed. We're very disappointed in your staff and we think they should be reprimanded. The cleaning is just simply not good enough. We are only 98% satisfied, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Regards, Entitled Uncle. I remember the email being about a page long, but that's basically the gist of it. My boss was shocked. I was shocked. And after explaining how my aunt and uncle are, he threw the complaint in the garbage. I told him I was not cleaning that house ever again, and he agreed this time. Hallelujah. 
I got home from work and was still upset about what happened The fact that my family would try to get me reprimanded The fact that they couldn't even use my name The fact that they couldn't just come to me directly Or email me if they had a concern I called my mum and stepdad and told them what happened I'd taken a picture of the complaint email So I sent it to them They were fuming Like more angry than I thought they'd be My stepdad called my uncle and told him that he was a complete POS and asked them exactly what were your intentions with this email and why would you go out of your way to try and get your niece fired or reprimanded? Who the frick does that to their own family? My uncle was a complete coward and groveled an apology with his tail between his legs. After he got chewed out by my stepdad, he called me. I let it go to voicemail. He left the voicemail basically saying why would you tell your parents about what happened? This was a professional matter that should have been kept between us and your work The email was a misunderstanding. We're so sorry brookie. Oh now I get a name a nickname even Please call me back so we can sort this out. I never called him back I did send him an email though explaining why I was so mad that perhaps the two adults who were always home made some crumbs after i left and also why he was now dead to me once the rest of my family caught wind of what happened i think my aunt and uncle told everyone to try and get them on their side spoiler alert nobody took it my aunt and uncle's children my cousins reached out to me to personally apologize for their parents behavior my grandma apologized for her daughter's behavior and this whole thing essentially tore the family apart my grandma moved out not long after my mum didn't talk to her sister for a year my stepdad still hasn't spoken to either of them since and i haven't spoken to my uncle since either again it's been five years the son that doesn't live with them also went no contact for quite some time There have also been no family Christmases, Thanksgivings, Easter dinners since this happened. Everyone knew that they were both POSs, but I guess this was just the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of my family. Now this one, I just cannot wrap my head around. What is your uncle and aunt's motive here? Guys, get in the comments if you have any idea. For me, I think they are trying to get you fired or yes, reprimanded, but why? For their own satisfaction because you're doing so well and they know you you know you were employee of the year and they want to bring you down a step or two i don't understand it especially given there's absolutely no reason for them to do it and you are just good at your job anyway like it's not even in a a professional way of oh sorry to do this but we actually did have to complain no you're excellent at your job and they're doing it because it's you i reckon they knew as well they were like we're gonna go for it we're gonna ask for you explicitly and then write a complaint and just try and destroy a career why i don't know what i will say is that your boss is is a good lad clearly you know if you've not got a complaint for five years then all of a sudden your own family are complaining about you yeah something's going on there but it it takes a good boss to realize that and apart from that i just don't understand it i'm kind of happy that it's torn your family apart it sounds weird but these guys don't deserve to be a part of it and now everyone realizes that's a good thing in my opinion karen thinks she's entitled to my citizenship status at the time that this happened i was completely furious about the whole situation But now, looking back on it, all I can think of is how blatantly dumb and ignorant some people are. I am a 17-year-old woman, and I wear a headscarf for religious reasons. At the time, I'd just gotten into the habit of doing it every day, and for the first few weeks, 
people who didn't know me personally actually couldn't recognize me with it on I'd gone over to play video games with one of my friends after school And since she lives nearby and I didn't have a car at the time I would usually just walk to her house if the weather permitted It was a nice spring afternoon. So I did just that as I entered my friend's neighborhood I suddenly hear the slam of someone's front door Coming barreling out of this house is a 60-ish year old woman in nothing but a bathrobe and flip-flops At first, I didn't think it had anything to do with me So I just glanced briefly in her direction and kept walking by until she shouted Who do you think you are? I stopped and turned There was nobody else on the street or walking on the sidewalk that she could be referring to So I said, sorry, do you mean me? Her face turned red with rage What do you think you're doing here? Again, I was still really confused as to what was going on and I had no idea why this random person was just yelling at me for a reason I couldn't discern. What? You don't belong here. What do you mean? I'm just on my way to meet up with my friend at her house. No, your people don't belong in this nation. This is America. This is kind of where it clicked for me. I said, you're right. This is America. And that means I have the right to practice whatever religion I believe in. And that includes Islam. Then she says the Karen classic. Go back to whatever country you came from. This is the part that just makes me mad. I've dealt with Islamophobia before, but I'm not an immigrant. And I've never been told to go back to my country for being Muslim before. Lady, I said, I was born here. My parents were born here and their parents were born here. This is my country. She then starts screaming, prove it, at the top of her lungs over and over again. I had no idea what on earth to do. It's not like I just had my birth certificate on me or anything. And besides, I don't want to have to prove anything to this lady. I just start walking away, but then she grabs onto my hijab and tries to pull it off. She yells, prove it, again. But luckily, my hijab doesn't come off completely and just slides back. I have an undercap on anyways, so my hair was still covered. Instinctively, I push her away from me just enough that she lets go of the part of my hijab that she grabbed and I take off running. Several of her neighbors were emerging from their homes to get a look at what all the yelling was about and I ran the corner to the street my friend's house is on. My friend was standing on the front porch of her house with her mum behind her, presumably also drawn out by the noise of Karen. I ran up the steps and promptly hid behind them. I quickly explained to them what happened, and my friend's mum ushers both of us inside while she calls the police. Long story short, the police arrive and Karen was arrested on harassment of a minor charges after the entire street testified to what she did. Oh man, stories like this just make me sad. You know, it's 2022. I thought that these sort of people would be, you know, extinct by now, but clearly not. Racism is still live and well, apparently. I just feel bad. Like, it's a 17-year-old girl is having to deal with this. And you can tell from OP's response that this is not the first time this has happened. Yes, it may be the most severe, but she already had her answers pre-prepared. It, it, that's what it seemed to me anyway. You can tell this is not the first time it's happened. It's just sad, isn't it? Why does someone that has a different skin color or ethnicity to somebody else not belong? It's just, it's ludicrous. It really is. It doesn't even matter that your parents lived there or your parents' parents lived there. Who cares? It's America. Land of the free and all that rubbish. Crazy. I mean, look, it's a good thing that she's been arrested, but come on. Touching your hijab, confronting you in public, screaming at you for no real reason. That is downright disgusting. Karen wants to be treated in hospital before a four-day-old baby. I gave birth to my daughter on Tuesday. Then we were released on Thursday. On Thursday, though, we saw our pediatrician after being released, and it turns out my daughter's bilirubin jaundice levels were high-ish. She was born at 37 weeks due to me having preeclampsia, so she's technically early to the doctors, 
so they're being precocious in checking her levels don't get too dangerous. Since Thursday, we've had to go to the pediatrician hospital on the weekend, since doctor's offices are closed, to get her blood drawn and keep checking. On Saturday, we had a doctor's order prescription to have her blood drawn at the lab, but we had to be taken and wait in the ER. There were three to four people sitting in the ER when we arrived. We get checked in, my fiance and I sit, waiting to be registered. The ER desk worker recognized us from the other day, I guess from when I was in the hospital giving birth, and asked about us and my daughter. How she is, how many days she is, why she's here, etc. I'd also like to point out that my daughter is extremely quiet for a newborn as well. Literally never made a peep in the waiting room. The registration woman comes out with a rolling cart not even two minutes later, walks over to us and starts to begin the process. When an old lady, Karen, pipes up, who was on the other side of the woman. I've been waiting two hours. Check me first. One, that has to be completely false due to how quickly the woman came out to us and how dead the ER currently was. And two, she literally cut the woman off as she's asking us questions, which is rude regardless. Don't get me wrong. I can understand it being annoying, someone getting attention before you when you were there first, but there are nicer and politer ways of going about it. The registration woman gave the woman a look, then to me sympathetically. My daughter wasn't fussy or anything, so I had no problem waiting. I gave her a small nod as if to say, I understand. Then the woman began checking in Karen. Only Karen didn't speak to the woman. She only shoved her paperwork into the woman's hands and sat quietly again. Once the registration woman was done, I think just confirming certain things due to her not needing anything from Karen, she then checked us in, thanked both my party and the woman, to which of course my fiance and I thanked her back out of politeness. Karen just glared over at the worker in us. Now, after about 15 or 20 minutes, Karen told, she didn't ask, she told a worker to tell the ER receptionist she's been waiting two hours and to call the lab technicians down again. The ER receptionist gets the message from the passing worker, gives Karen a look, and proceeds to call Paige the lab again while making a slightly annoyed uh uh-huh sound. After a moment, the receptionist turned to my fiance and I, apologizing to us saying the technician would be down in a moment and that on Saturdays, they only have one blood technician. A few minutes later, the very lovely technician came down and immediately came to us, helping us gather our stuff out of kindness. The receptionist made some sort of comment about Karen also getting a lab done, to which the tech made an ah kind of sound. The feeling I got was the receptionist told the tech on the phone about Karen causing issues and that an infant was waiting. Well, good. You can follow us. My fiance and I took an extra second to get the car seat picked up, the diaper bag, etc. So Karen had a moment to stand with the tech who was complimenting us on our daughter. To which Karen said nicely, but slightly smug, Yeah, what a cute baby. We took a short walk to the lab area. Karen speed walking past us talking to the tech about how she doesn't even understand why she's here She could be doing other things on a saturday. She's been waiting two hours, etc While the tech is nicely smiling and agreeing Apologizing that she's the only blood technician on the weekends We approach the room to which the tech turns smiles smugly and tells karen mom You can have a seat right here You guys can come right inside. Wait, what? Yes, mom. The seat's right here. We'll be done in just a minute. Karen huffed, giving my again four-day-old baby a look as if it's her fault that Karen was a complete and utter pain in the butt. 
making the receptionist in tech want to make her life even harder again my daughter has not made a sound and was perfectly fine karen easily could have gone before us and both of us were here for blood to be drawn but i guess karen had to wait even longer due to her sucky attitude towards staff Okay, before we all jump on this Karen's back, let's be honest, waiting in an ER or in, you know, accident emergency is pretty horrible and wait times can be ridiculous, but there's no reason to get to this sort of level of, of being annoying, is there? To the extent that you think you're more important than a, than a newborn child? Yeah, that, that is a level that I cannot really comprehend. Yes, look, it's horrible being in these areas and waiting for a long time. I can get that, especially when there's something wrong with you, you know, your, your health is the most important thing, but this is, a, this is a level too much, surely. I thought it was common knowledge that it's babies, children, and then elderly people i don't know i've got to say though shout out the staff because they realized how terrible this karen was i was like you know what i'm not dealing with this today you can come along but you can wait outside you're going second no matter what you say and that's to teach you a lesson karen doesn't like people parking in front of her house when i was around six years old i lived with my family in a nice house in a small city in poland it was a quiet neighborhood on the outskirts and pretty much all the neighbors knew each other there were no sidewalks around the part of the street i lived at only one trashy sidewalk that started on the other side in front of my neighbor's house it's important to remember that the sidewalk was very old and in bad shape still to this day people are asking the city to fix it this story is about that neighbor karen she was an older lady and everyone suspected that she really didn't have anything better to do than gather gossip and disturb everyone trying to rule the streets everyone was commenting that if you wanted to get the whole area to know something you had to tell her that message as a secret whenever someone came to visit us they usually parked their car in front of our property but on bigger meetups like barbecues or parties people would park in front of our closest neighbors houses too that never was a problem no gates were obstructed and nobody was disturbed well almost karen hated when someone parked in front of her house she would always run out yelling about how dare you park your filthy cars on my precious sidewalk my mother is not someone that lets someone yell at her she had many discussions with karen about the laws and rules that stated that she doesn't own anything outside her fence which means that the sidewalk is public and anyone can park on it as long as they leave enough space for a wheelchair to pass every time someone would come to us and park their car there the yelling would start until one time when my mother's friend tomek came for a coffee during winter he is a local policeman and his speciality is road law so my mum tells him about karen and her behavior regarding the sidewalk tomek laughs since that thing was in such a bad shape that it can barely even be called a sidewalk when he was leaving he assured my mum that he'd step by the next day for a coffee on his lunch break the next day comes by and i was playing with my brother in the snow we see a black car pulling over in front of karen's house and as the driver gets out karen storms out of her house yelling you can't park here this is my sidewalk get your filthy car off my well there he was tomek in his full uniform hat and all turning around towards karen as comically as he could excuse me you're telling me that i can't park my car here y- yes but this is a sidewalk open to the public well yeah yeah this is my sidewalk so let me get this straight this is your sidewalk yes and you are the one responsible for taking care of it well yes i am karen says proudly that's why i don't allow anyone to park here oh that's so nice that i found you since it's your sidewalk you are responsible for clearing the snow from it to not create danger for the people walking by since it wasn't plowed i need to write you a fine for endangering public safety 
he says as he pulls out his notebook what but but no other sidewalks are plowed oh it doesn't matter the other sidewalks belong to the city the clearing crew is working on cleaning them but since you said this sidewalk is yours it's your responsibility but i'm old i can't shovel the snow then you need to hire someone to do that of course if this sidewalk happened to be a public property yes yes it's not mine but a moment ago you were yelling at me that it was so what is it is it yours or not because i don't know if i should fine you now no it's not mine all right seems like we clear that up now if you ever harass anyone like you did me it could result in a fine so i recommend you watching out on what you claim to be yours and then he proceeded to cross the streets and enjoy a coffee in our house Karen never disturbed anyone for parking in front of her house again. She'd only stare at people trying to burn holes in their skulls with her sights. Oh, Tomic, what a legend. Just putting her in her place. The best sort of, you know, not revengers, but kind of karmas are when you make the person that's being like an idiot like this woman was kind of learn themselves or, or kind of talk themselves into realizing and understanding that they're in the wrong. Like Tomic saying to her that she's going to have to pay a big fine for not clearing her sidewalk and her then pretty much conceding that no, it's actually not mine it's just so good because instead of tomic saying no this isn't your sidewalk and her saying no it is and having that old argument you've just pretty much forced her to concede it's great i love it and tomic what a man you can just imagine tomic can't you getting out of his whip turning around hat on just you know just knowing that he's about to dominate this old lady not in that way but you know in terms of the sidewalk and just thinking this is gonna be fun and it was GG's around. So there it is. That concludes another of my Entitled Parents movies. Guys, if you sat and listened and watched this entire thing, can I just say, first of all, I massively appreciate you because you're a legend and I love you for that. I have no idea how many of these movies I've made now, but you guys seem to love them every time I do them. So for that reason, I'm going to keep making them. There are more up on screen right now if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or any other podcast platform, they're linked down below. And yeah, with that all being said, I will see you guys all tomorrow for a brand new one. Much love once again for watching this entire thing. You're an absolute legend. Have a good one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.